Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. This question is, can I analyze the case of the Girl Scout murders at Camp Scott? Camp Scott was located in Mays County, Oklahoma. It was two miles from the town of Locust Grove. Camp Scott was a summer camp for girls, which had been operated by the Girl Scouts since 1928. The headquarters for the Girl Scouts was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is about 50 miles away from the camp. The 49th year of operation for the summer camp was supposed to commence on June 13, 1977. In the months leading up to the opening, a few unusual occurrences were observed at the camp by those who were preparing for the summer season. Various items started disappearing from tents, one of the camp counselors found a note in their tent. It read, quote, We are on a mission to kill three girls in tent one. It was signed, The Killer. Two men were spotted hanging around the campground. The director of the campground really wasn't worried about these occurrences. For instance, they thought that the note was just a joke. On June 12th, about 140 girls arrived at the camp. They were getting ready for the official start of summer camp activities the next day. Among them were Doris Milner, Michelle Guze, and Lori Farmer. They were ages 10, 9, and 8, respectively. A fourth girl was supposed to be in the tent with them, however, she was not scheduled to arrive until the next day. The girls were in tent number 8 in a grouping of tents referred to as Kiowa Camp. 27 girls total were in Kiowa Camp, and there were three female camp counselors assigned to that area. Two of the counselors were 18, and the other one was 20. One of the 18-year-old counselors was named Carla Wilhite. At about 7 p.m., a thunderstorm hit the area and forced all the girls into their tents. Doris, Michelle, and Lori were together in their tent. No one else was in the tent with them. Tent number eight was positioned about 264 feet from the tent of the camp counselors. It was actually the farthest away of any of the tents. In addition, the view of tent number eight from the camp counselors tent was partially obscured by the camp showers. The next morning at 6 a.m., 
Carla exited her tent and discovered the body of Doris. She didn't realize it, but the bodies of Lori and Michelle were also there. The bodies were in a sleeping bag about 450 feet from tent number eight. The police were called and initiated an investigation into the murders. Michelle and Lori had been beaten to death. Doris had been strangled. All three girls had been the victims of an assault of a sexual nature. There was blood in tent number eight. A footprint was found in the blood. It appeared to be from a shoe that was size nine and a half. Duct tape and cords were found at the crime scene. A red flashlight was left on top of the bodies. A fingerprint was on the lens of the flashlight. It was never identified. Many people told the police about events occurring in the early morning hours of June 13th. A camp counselor had heard strange guttural sounds at 1.30 a.m. She investigated but did not find anything. She heard the sound intermittently after this but did not investigate further. A girl in tent number seven woke up at 2 a.m. and saw a man shining a flashlight in her face. He left and walked to tent number eight. One girl heard a scream at 3 a.m. and another heard someone crying for her mother. A nearby property owner said they heard quite a bit of traffic on a road near the camp sometime between 2.30 and 3 a.m. About two miles from the camp, the police found a cave that contained some interesting items including sunglasses that had been stolen from the camp and photos of women that were connected to a man named Gene Leroy Hart. He was a member of the Cherokee tribe who had grown up on his mother's property, which was only about a mile from Camp Scott. They found another cave nearby that had a note written on the wall, which read 77-6-17, the killer was here, bye-bye fools referring to the date four days after the murder. Years earlier, on June 4, 1966, Jean Hart had committed a number of serious crimes, including kidnapping, sexual assault, and burglary. He was convicted and sentenced to 308 years in prison. He escaped from the Mays County Jail in 1973 and had been hiding for about four years. He would later claim that he was hiding in a remote cabin at the time of the murders. Gene Hart was arrested on April 6, 1978, after a large-scale manhunt, which included 200 law enforcement officers and 400 volunteers. It was the largest and longest manhunt in the history of Oklahoma. It was reported that many of the volunteers were intoxicated during the search. Nothing says safety like hundreds of drunk volunteers searching for a killer. Gene was charged with three counts of first-degree murder on June 20, 1977, his trial started on March 19, 1979. He was acquitted on March 29. One of the jurors would later say that the jury agreed he was not guilty after only five minutes of deliberation. Another juror said, none of us knew whether he did it or didn't. We were shocked that they didn't have any more evidence than what they had. Other jurors said that there were too many loose ends, too many things that didn't add up. There was no cause for Gene to celebrate his not guilty verdict. He still had 305 years left on his other sentence. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now. On June 4, 1979, Gene made his way into the prison exercise yard at 5.05 p.m. He spent time lifting weights before jogging. At 6.42 p.m., he collapsed. He was pronounced dead at 7.25 p.m. at a nearby hospital. It is believed he died of cardiac arrest. He was 35 years old. Around the time of his death, he was working on his appeal. He desperately wanted to get out of prison. Technically, I suppose he achieved his goal, albeit not via the method he had intended. Now moving to my analysis. Was Gene Hart actually guilty of the murders? He, of course, was found not guilty by the jury. Was this a mistake? Let's take a look at the factors both for and against the idea that Gene Hart was guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. Gene Hart was a fugitive from justice. He had been hiding in various places for four years, including a cave not far from Camp Scott and only 100 feet from his mother's property where he grew up. Witnesses had seen Gene hiding in the cave. Items were found in that same cave. Some of them were known to be stolen. There was tape that matched the tape on the flashlight left behind at the crime scene. There was newspaper that matched newspaper that was used to secure a battery in the flashlight. Like the battery was loose and somebody just put newspaper in there to tighten up the connection. There was a pair of red underwear. There was a pair of sunglasses which had been stolen from the camp. And there were photos of women. The photos were from a wedding that took place in 1968. One of the employees at a prison called the Granite Reformatory had worked part-time as a wedding photographer. Gene Hart served time at that prison and studied photography there. He had developed and printed those very pictures. The flashlight found at the crime scene was modified in a way so that it emitted less light. Associates of Gene Hart said that he was known to modify flashlights in this manner. During the attack of the two women that Gene committed in 1966, they said he made growling sounds. Perhaps this was the same as the guttural noise that the camp counselor heard. Gene Hart had been convicted of serious crimes consistent with the crimes committed at the camp. In 1989, DNA from the crime scene was tested against Gene Hart's DNA. Statistically, only one person in 7,700 Native Americans would match to the degree that Gene did. This is not a conclusive match, 
but it does strongly suggest he was the donor. The jury, of course, did not have access to this information because the test was conducted years later. Now moving to the exculpatory evidence. No witnesses saw Gene Hart commit the murders. There was no video. No physical evidence tied him to the scene outside of what was recovered from the cave. The fingerprint on the flashlight did not belong to Gene Hart. The bloody footprint in the tent was a size and a half too small. So Gene wore a size 11, and the footprint again was 9.5. Inmates who had served time at the Granite Reformatory said that those wedding photographs were in general circulation inside the prison. I guess everybody wanted to share in that special wedding moment. When considering the evidence, do I think that Gene Hart was guilty? It seems fairly clear that he was guilty in reality, especially now with the DNA evidence. But I can understand why the jury felt as though there was reasonable doubt without that DNA evidence. I think there was reasonable doubt, but I don't think there is reasonable doubt now. In addition, the fact that Gene was hiding in a cave where stolen items from the camp were located is pretty convincing that he was involved in committing crimes at the camp. It's not a stretch to think that he was the killer, especially considering his history of serious criminality. I think the jury may have felt more comfortable returning a not guilty verdict considering that Gene was still facing over 300 years in prison for other crimes. Many people, of course, believe that Gene Hart was the killer. The police never tried to find anyone else, like they didn't have any other suspects. The sheriff said he was 1,000% certain Gene was guilty, which of course really means that the sheriff was 100% certain that the sheriff was not good at math. Camp Scott never reopened after it closed on the day of the murders. Looking at the brochure for the camp, it really seemed to emphasize physical health. The girls were required to have a form filled out by a physician. There were references to being healthy. By today's standards, the camp's values would be considered consistent with ableism. This is one reason that parents may not be too interested in sending their girls to the camp. Also, there was the triple homicide. So, a few different things to keep in mind before selecting Camp Scott as a summer destination. It's amazing how the staff at the camp was so nonchalant about the thefts and the threatening note. Like the camp staff was looking at the note and said, oh, there's nothing to worry about. It's just threatening murder, not something serious. Moving to my final thoughts, after the murders were committed, but before Gene was captured, it's believed he stalked the camp. So he was hanging around after killing three victims. Security guards were hired, but they had trouble keeping him from stealing different items, like the camp was large and it was difficult to patrol. Gene Hart was a dangerous and very strange individual, regardless of whether he was responsible for the Camp Scott murders. It would appear that the Mays County Jail bears some responsibility as well. Gene Hart had actually escaped from that facility on two occasions during the same week, the second time he used a saw to cut through the bars in his window. So he escaped once, and he was caught because he was trying to cook something, and it created a lot of smoke, so the fire department was called. He was put back in the jail, and they're like, you know what? No hard feelings about that escape. Here's a saw. Doesn't seem like a good idea. These murders never would have happened if Gene Hart was simply kept in jail where he was supposed to be. So part of the justice system worked in this case, the part that convicted him for the 1966 crimes, 
of the incarceration portion failed. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.